everyone. How are y'all? Good clap, clap. That sounds great. Good. Ah, ah. Ooh. See that? Y'all started clapping. My chair went down. No hands. Never mind. Okay, that'll take too long. Sorry. Well, hey, welcome to Elevation. If I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, my name is Amir. I get to be the pastor of our ministry. And if you're new, can we give it up for any first time or second time guests? Come on, come on, Elevation Nation. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You don't have to raise your hand or anything like that. We don't want to make you feel weird because some churches do that and it's scary. We're not scary ministry, but we are so glad you're here. Um, so we definitely want to welcome you. And Elevation is just the college and young adult ministry of New Life Church. We say that a lot just so you know where you're at. You, it's maybe your friend drug you here and you're like, we were singing these songs. I don't know, this brown dude on stage. And it's like, what's going on? And Well, you're here. And uh, the vision of our ministry is find your place. You're going to hear that. I mean, you're going to hear that every week. We're going to really hear it tonight because tonight's kind of like a find your place night. It's really my, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, services of the semester. We do it once a semester. We just want to give you guys the opportunity to get connected to our ministry. And I understand if you guys are a guest or maybe last week was your first time, you might be like, well, I don't really know what's going on. Well, that's okay. This is not a pressure thing. There's a lot of people in this room that want to help you get connected. But we just want to be a ministry that gives you opportunities to find your place, uh, to grow in your relationship with God, to grow in biblical community, have people, friends who have your back, and also give you an opportunity to serve, man. Uh, because it's really important an opportunity God's given us. Let me say this, though. i love to give you guys a little preview of what's coming up. Y'all like previews? Anyone like previews? Some of y'all are planners and you don't like to be surprised. Who doesn't like to be surprised? Thank you, please. Nothing wrong with that. Proud of y'all. This is for you. So next week, we're going to start a new series, and it's called Christian Atheist. Um, ooh, say ooh. Ooh. It makes me shimmy. Not shiver, shimmy. It's a dance move. So... Sorry, I like to, when we talk about Jesus, I start dancing. It's weird, um, but I won't do it today. Maybe later. Okay, so, yeah, and I just want to give you all a heads up. It, it's a book actually written by Craig Rochelle, Life Church. Have you ever heard of Pastor Craig in Oklahoma? Um, but the premise of the, of the series is this. I just want to give you a little spoiler. A Christian atheist is someone who believes in God, but lives as if he doesn't exist. And so sometimes in our generation, we, we might put on that personification, or we might struggle with that, or we might say, I believe, but, you know, we kind of kind of don't really understand what that fully means. So we're, I'm going to be talking about that. We're actually going to talk about it for three weeks. And I think it's going to encourage you guys. I think it's going to bless you guys. You're going to want to bring a friend. And one thing I'm going to challenge you is this. If you're new, I understand. I'm not, I'm not trying to turn this into a church marketing program. But we're just a ministry. We're a relational church, right? And the heart of our church is we want to be bringers. We want to be bring people. Because you can invite anyone to church, but probably the most relational way to, bring someone, to get someone to church is to bring them. Can I get an amen? And so you, I know you'll have friends or coworkers or people in your life. And what I'm going to challenge you guys to do every week, I had a pastor friend tell me this. I'm just going to challenge you all to go one for one. If you're here this summer, I said all the time. And I just challenge you to invite one person. That can be a text, in person, phone call, at work, at school, on the field, whatever it is. Just invite one person a week. If you're not comfortable to do that yet, no problem. You come hang out, and then you don't have to do that. You do you, boo-boo. But if you want to invite someone... You can do it. And then we're just, we're going to grow as a church family. But I think it's a series you're really going to want to bring someone to. It's going to be exciting. But tonight, this is what's going to happen. I can't sit for long. I try to sit, and then I get really excited, and so I have to stand up. Sorry. It's the truth. Last week almost fell off the stage. Won't do it this week. Okay. So tonight's going to be a little different. I'm just going to speak for a little bit, sh a little shorter. We're going to get in the Word of God, and then we're going to give you guys an opportunity to, to kind of break out, hang out. We're going to party afterwards, but we definitely want to give you guys opportunities to get connected in some way. Um, I saw someone dance when I said party. Did you dance? I like it. That's good. We can be believers in Jesus and party. It's really okay. Turn up. Yes? Okay. Turn down. Let's pray. Everyone's heads down. Thank you. Okay. Lord, um, we thank you for shenanigans in church. But God, I thank you for everyone you brought in this room. God, I thank you for every story and family and, and friendship or whatever represented, God. 
And Lord, what's cool about this is you've all brought us to this place for you. And so, Lord, we just want to say thank you. We want to say you're the guest of honor. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd encourage us with your word. You'd speak to us. Lord, I pray you'd come for anyone who, who might be nervous or, or figuring things, some things out. And, Lord, I just pray that we could hang out with you, God, learn about you, and grow as a group of young adults. Grow as the next generation, Lord. I pray you'd speak through me. I pray that you would teach us something tonight, Lord. And I pray that you'd give us an opportunity to get connected to the body of Christ. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John 15. It's actually where we were last week, but we're going to keep going in the passage. If you have a Bible, if you have a virtual Bible called an iPhone or a Droid Bible app, if you don't have a Bible or on your phone, it's okay. It'll be on the screens in a second. No problem, Bob. We got your back. But we're going to go to uh, John 15, 9 in a second. But I'm just going to kind of recap last week. When I was trying to prepare for this, it's like I want to talk to you all about four different things. And then I felt like... If, if, if you don't have a church home, man, we'd always welcome you here. But we had a really powerful weekend service. Was anyone here last weekend? We kind of had a service dedicated to worship and turned down for what? It was just crazy. I keep saying that, but it was awesome. We kind of tuned everything down and just worshiped God together. And when, I, when we were worshiping, I just, kept, I just kept this thought of connecting. Last week we talked about connecting to God. That's what the beginning of John 15 is. And I couldn't get away, with, away from it. So we're going to keep in that passage. But I just want to recap for you guys last week. If you weren't here or if you've slept since then, like Amir, um, so because it's going to connect, right? So in the beginning of John 15, the, the part of the scriptures talk about the vine and the branches, right? And so if you're here last week, we talked about Jesus is the vine, we're the branches, and Jesus simply says, hey, he says it four times in, in about eight verses. If you remain in me, I'll remain in you. But you got to remain in me and I'll remain in you. And if you remain in me, you'll bear fruit. But if you don't, you're not going to. And it's actually you're incapable of bearing fruit without me. And then he also says, hey, I, everyone gets pruned in, in, the, in the symbolism. So what I encourage y'all, y'all can either get pruned by the world and not bear any fruit, or you can get pruned by God and always bear more fruit. Can I get an amen? That's a good promise. Now, sometimes, though, we go through seasons of pruning. And I told y'all that, hey, it is impossible to get to spring without winter. And sometimes we're in a winter-like season. God's teaching us something. God's testing us, and we want to give up, or we have all these questions. And we're about a couple days, moments, weeks, months from a breakthrough, for bearing more fruit. It's just a season, just like a plant goes through. We had a plant up here. We got crazy. I'm sorry we didn't have a, a plant tree. Um, we don't have money like that. So we got a spruce. Is it spruce? I, I think I said it wrong. What is it? Don't worry about it. We cut a tree last week. It was awesome. Um, but Jesus says that, right? So it's kind of this promise. If we remain in him, he'll remain in us. And I talked to you about this. God's original design since the book of Genesis is that we would be in relationship with him. He made us in his own image, but his desire before anything else before you go and make disciples, before you go and serve, before you have a purpose, before you have vision for your life, he wants you. He wants a relationship with you. He created you, and that's his utmost purpose. Hey, I want a relationship with you, and then we're going to do stuff. And we're going to talk about the scripture a bit, but I feel like we have to get that because that sounds so easy. Okay, God, you want me just to be connected to you? Check. But how many of y'all know that's hard? In our day and age with the world, I don't even watch the news anymore because it gets crazier and crazier. Evidently, you got to take money out of your bank next week or it's going somewhere in Greece and I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you've heard about that. Maybe y'all are too young. But evidently, crazy stuff's going to happen. Jesus is awesome. He wins every time. That's why we have hope. All right, can I get amen? We win every time. Jesus, cross. Okay, so, and we're talking about these things. And so he's saying, remain in me, I'll remain in you. But what we talked about last week was there's things in life that get us disconnected from God. 
We actually have an enemy. His name's Satan. And I'm not trying to get too dramatic at church, but it's real. It's in the Bible. You see in your lives, and there's this, there's this negative force like the spiritual warfare. So we, we played a little defense. We said, man, hey, if we know our enemy, if we know how he's trying to separate us from God, we can play a little offense to be connected with God, right? And so we just talked about a couple things that the enemy separates us with. And it's sin. It's separation. We call it seclusion. call it isolation. And it's shame. Sometimes those things go in a row. Sometimes they're own, their own separate things. And I didn't remember. I didn't say that's a challenge or discourage you. I remember because we're trying to put the enemy on blast, right? We're trying to know his plans so we can play defense. We get a shutout. We march on. We score a goal, touchdown, uh, field goal, whatever you want to call it. Ooh, stage pop. That's scary. So, and then on the other side, I said this. And I'm, and I'm harping on this because, again, it's so important. Before we start our fall, we have to simply know that God wants us to be connected to him. And then not only does he want us to be connected, he wants us to be growing. He wants to be growing in that relationship. He wants us to continue to learn. You know, the word disciple in the Greek, in the, it means a learner. So when God says make disciples or we are to be disciples, it's the, we're, we're, we're to be learners. We're to grow. And so the way we do this, man, we got to receive God's love and grace. We can't earn his love. We can't earn his grace. But we try sometimes, and it's okay. And then the second thing is you got to be fed. We hungry, right? I was telling our soccer girls that the other day. You say, we hungry. We're trying to eat because we're beating people, right? So all plants need to be fed. We need to be fed. we got to be connected first, but then we got to be fed. Again, I'm hashing this out again because it can be so easy for us to forget it and move on and get into we got to do stuff for God and do these things when God's like, no, no, no. I just want you to be connected to the source. I just want to spend time with you. I want to speak to you. I want to have fun with you. I want to give you purpose. I want to give you hope. Because when you're connected, you get the fullness of power, right? So we're going to pick up verse 9. If you have your Bibles, that's going to be on the screen. Let's do this thing. Jesus is still speaking because he rocks. As the Father has loved me, verse 9, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have I obeyed my commands and remain in his love, my father's commands. So now Jesus told us four times in the verse before, hey, remain in me, remain in me. He remixes and he says, remain in my love. Because just as I have remained in the father's love, I want you to remain in my love. He kind of changed it. And we'll see why in a second. Verse 11. I have told you this so that you may have joy and the joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That's an awesome promise. Verse 12, take note of this one. My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Lay down his life for his friends. So God's saying this, hey, now if you remain in my love, you'll remain in me. Because that's what the Father says to do. But also this, he says, keep my commands. And you're like, okay, what are your commands, God? Well, the next verse he says, this is my commands. Love people, and you'll get the fullness of my joy, and you got to love each other as I have loved you. And then he gets gangster and says a phrase like, hey, there's no greater love than lay your life down for someone else. And that's a foreshadowing to what he's going to do on the cross, which is a good promise, right? And so what's cool about this is do some of y'all, maybe all of y'all, but in your Bible, do y'all have like numbers in the thing? Or sometimes you'll read your verse and it'll have like a letter. And you're like, what is this letter? And they'll say like a C. And then the C's over here, and it'll be like another scripture. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Like in your Bible, it's called a cross-reference. This is teaching mode. So cross-references are in your Bible. They're in most Bibles. And it's just to show you another place in the Bible, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, to kind of relate to that scripture or paint that scripture a better picture. Or maybe it'd be the first mention of Jesus saying blank. So like this scripture is referenced a couple chapters back in John 13. And this is what Jesus says, 1334. A new command, same thing he just said, I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone know that you're my disciples if you love one another. We talk about this scripture a lot when we go on mission trips. 
Hey, people are going to know that we're Jesus' disciples by the way we love each other. So this scripture is referencing what he just says. Hey, you remain in my love, I'll remain in you. And how you remain in my love, you keep my commands. What my command is? It's to love your neighbor. Well, that's interesting. And then right here he says, hey, if you, people will know you're my disciples. They're no, they will know you're followers of Jesus if you just simply love one another. And that reminded me, last scripture I'm going to share with you all, Matthew 22, 37. The disciples are talking with Jesus, and they said, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest law? Because people would question Jesus all the time, and so they're asking him. And so the, he, he had just got done teaching, and he, the disciples look at him and say, good teacher, what is the greatest law? And Jesus says this in verse 37. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is just like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So three different times we're looking at, and there's more in the Gospels, Jesus is saying, hey, love me with all your heart, love your neighbor. Stay connected to me, and I'll stay connected to you. Hey, and then remain in my love and love your neighbor. He didn't say anything about going and doing anything. He hasn't said anything about making disciples yet. Now, is that important? Yes. Are we to serve others? Yes. Are we to do these things in life? Yes. But first he said, love me and love others, simply and purely. Three different times he references that in one conversation. And he said, this is my greatest commandment. Of all the things I'm gonna tell you, this is the first one, this is the greatest one. Because when you're connected with me and when you're loving other people, you're gonna find purpose. You're gonna find hope. You're gonna get the direction you're going. You're gonna know what to study at college. You're gonna know what job to go for. You're gonna know who to date. You're gonna know all these things and all you have to do is love me and love your neighbor. I know that sounds so simple, but how many times do we do that? How many times do we wake up and be like, man, I'm constantly challenged with this. Could I love people better today? Could I be connected better to God? And I think the answer is always yes. So I just want to talk about two quick things, and then we're going to have a party. Party? Party. That was a northern accent. I'm from Oklahoma. That's weird. Okay, so if you're taking notes or if you just want to know, number one, we need help staying connected to God. We need help. I need help. You need help. Now, our heart is to stay connected. This is why we're talking the same verse in John. God's plan is for us to stay connected. But let me, let me get the elephant out of the room. We need help. How many of y'all need help staying connected to God? Be honest, I'm raising my hand first. We need help staying connected. And this is how I know we need help. Because Jesus said, hey, I'm gonna be redundant. This is my command, love me. And he could have said anything second, anything, anything. Hey, but the second one is to love your neighbor. Because he told us we need to love our neighbor because he knew I think we'd need help. He knew that there'd be people in our lives that need help. He knew that there'd be times in our lives when we need help. He knew that there, we need people in our lives and relationships to have our back on good days and on bad, when we're celebrating something or we're going through something, at a death of a family or a promotion in life. And so he says, you gotta love your neighbor. So this is just, to me, clearly says, hey, we gotta help each other stay connected to God. This is God's original plan. I was talking to a guy in the foyer the other day. This is funny. Um, it's just a man in our church, and a couple weekends ago, he's like, hey, man, can you be praying for me? I have a job interview. I was like, sure, man. So I saw him, and I was like, hey, how'd the interview go? He goes, oh, it went well. I'm waiting to hear back. And I was like, well, what are you doing in the meantime? He's like, well, I, I, I paint. And I was like, cool, I didn't know that. He's like, yeah, I paint. I do paintings, and um, I've been paying for a couple people. This and this, and he was just telling me some of the freelance he was doing. And he's like, yeah, but usually I, 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 I paint Omo. And I was like, you paint Omo? Like Elmo? And he's like, no, no, I paint Omo. And I was like, I don't, sorry, I'm not in the painting world, you know, I don't know what that means. He goes, oh, I paint on my own, Omo. <laughs> like I was supposed to know it. Oh, Omo, of course. <laughs> of 
great. What? I, I just kind of stared at him. I said, is that really a word? He's like, yeah, Omo, on my own. Of course, everyone knew that. Does anyone else know? I just wanted to yell, but I didn't want to make a scene. I was like, great, Omo projects. This just sounds good. But I was like, that's funny. I feel like I should say that in a sermon one day. And I walked in here and walked in worship, and I couldn't stop thinking about you guys. And I couldn't stop thinking about, we're, that's kind of like the mentality of our generation. I, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to go through school on my own. I'm going to work on my own. I'm going to get a promotion on my own. When tough times happen, I'm going to do it on my own. If I want to date someone a guy or go, I'm just going to do it on my own. Sometimes we just think we can do it in our own strength. And, and a lot of times we mean well. I'm saying we. I'm not saying you. Amir does it just as much. We. We mean well. But then we'll get to a place where we can never do it on our own, right? We always need somebody. We always need others. We always need Jesus. And so it's like, I don't want to be the Omo generation. I want to be the Nomo generation. That we can say, I can't do it on my own. It's not going to happen on my own. No matter what I do, no matter what I say, I need help. I need Jesus. I need friends. I need people to have my back because we're going to be the Nomo generation. Not the Omo because I can't do it on my own. But sometimes it's so easy to say that. I think I can take care of it. Amir, how's your day going? Oh, it's not going so well, but I'll be all right. Like we, I told you all this last week, sometimes in the church in the South, it, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How's life good? How's your family good? When most of the time it's not going so good. We talk a lot about the church just being real. Because fake is exhausting. It's, it's, a, it's like our pastor's mantra. And so I want to be a no-mo ministry that we can safely say and we can confess, man, I, I can't do it on my own. Not on my own. That's not how I'm going to do it. And so when we talk about find your place, we break it down three ways. We say in Christ, there's C's. Your relationship with Jesus, we want you to grow in it. In biblical community, we, want you to do, we don't want you to live OMA. We want you to not do life alone. We want you to be connected to other believers and other people and people that are going to challenge you, people that are going to encourage you, people that are going to love you through tough times. People are going to celebrate when, when crazy things happen or good things happen. And then the third one is in the church. We just believe that you've been gifted. You have gifts and abilities to serve the local church. The local church is the hope of the world. Can I get an amen? Because our world is crazy. And it's because you guys are in the church and you're filled with the spirit of God. That's why it's the hope of the world. It's not the building. It has nothing to do with these four walls, though we're blessed with a great facility. So the, if, you, if you've ever been around our church for a long time or if you're new, within all the things we're saying, life groups and serve groups are the heart of our church. And I know some of y'all, let's just, let's just get the elephant out of the room. I know some of y'all might come to here on the weekends or you might come to Elevation and you grew up in a church way smaller. Or maybe you're like me, you didn't grow up in church, and you walk in this room, you're like, man, there's a lot of people in here. Yeah, we're blessed to come together and worship God together and hear a message about the word and grow together. That's true. But if you only come on a Thursday night, you're missing out. Because if you say, Amir, this room is too big, well, great, life group's never this big. Actually, if you just want to look on your row, that's about the size of a life group. Our girls like to get crunk, and they like to pack 20 girls in the living room because that's how they roll. Um, but it's a good thing. So if you're saying, hey, Amir, I, I don't know, I, there's a lot of people here. Well, great, I need you to join a life group because there's not a lot of people in that. And you're going to have intimate relationships. You're going to have intimate conversations. We call it life group because we just simply want you all to do life together. So you're going to meet in someone's home because that's how our church started. Our, our pastor just had people in their home having dessert and, and, and coffee, and then it blew up into this church 14 years later. If you ever hear our pastor, he said, I never wanted a big church. I never thought we'd have a big church, but God just kept blessing it and blessing it and bringing hurting and lost and broken people. And so we just kept talking about Jesus and we kept growing. But we keep that heart in our small groups. So we love service, but the heart of our, our ministry, the heart of our church is life groups. So you're going to go into a home with other guys, with other girls, with other college students, with other young adults. We have different groups. And we're going to get in the word. And you're going to apply it to your life. And you're going to get prayed over. And you're going to talk about what's going on. And you're going to meet new friends. And you're going to go and God together. But we call them life groups because we want you all to do life together. 
We don't want y'all just to hang out on a Monday night and that's it. We want if on a Friday night you're doing anything, you can go hang out with your life group. We want if, if you're graduating college, your life group's there. We want if someone gets hurt in your family and you're hurt and you're in the hospital, your life group shows up. We want that if something cool happens and you're an athlete and your team's, you want your life group to show up. We're going to do life together. But let me promise you a couple things about life groups as pastor. This is what I can promise you. If you get connected to the life group, the heart of our church, you're going to get prayed for. You're going to meet some great people that I believe can be your best friends one day. They're going to help you stay connected to the vine. They're going to help you. They're going to challenge you. They're going to sharpen you. They're going to have your back because it all goes back to Jesus so you stay connected to the vine, just like the scripture is talking about. And they're going to be people, because I've seen it, and there's a lot of, I mean, people are on social media were saying, there's a lot of examples. You can talk to anyone in this room who's ever been involved in life group. They're going to be people, just like the scripture and John says, that are going to lay down their life for you. I promise you that. I promise you. We, we, we have people in our ministry that go to the hospital, and I can't even make it to the hospital because people, their life group's already there. And it's not a bad thing. It's amazing. But guys, our generation craves community. But there's the world's example of community and the YOLO or there's the NOMO, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, there's, there's the biblical community that's gonna apply the word of God to things, that's gonna have your back, that's gonna be real, that's not gonna say one thing to your face and then go behind your back and say something to the other. It's gonna be true biblical community inspired by God that says, hey, you're gonna love God and you're gonna love each other and you're gonna help each other stay connected to the vine. <laughs> Let me give you an example. So this week has been like crazy for me. I'm not going to go into detail. I don't really understand everything that's been going on, but this has been one of the hardest four days of my life, and I don't really know why. Um, things with my family's not going so well. I got a call from my mom the other day, and my parents aren't doing well. Um, I've just been feeling weird. I've been having challenges in ministry, challenges with our team, challenges and figuring these stuff out. And I, I just felt like alone. In my mind, it's the OMO thing. It's, oh, you can do it on your own. You're okay. And I, I don't know if you're like me, but when, when you're discouraged or when you're challenged or when you're going through something, it's like the hardest to pray to God. It's like the hardest is to talk to God. When all God wants to do is hang out with you, all he wants to do is be your comfort, all he wants to do is be your refuge. And it's like the hardest to talk to God in those times. And so I've been trying to pray and I've been trying to just go to God first. And so I just text some of my best friends. And three of my best friends, two of them were in the first life group I was at ever in. They were my life group leaders. And one was the best friend I went to that life group with five years ago. And then I text another friend who I'm in a life group with. And then I just say, hey, can y'all pray for me? And within two minutes, they're like, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. They are all texting me this morning and they said, how are you feeling? Is there anything we can get you? They work full-time jobs in Little Rock. And they're texting for me. Nothing's changed. I still have been, had a challenge a couple days. I'm still trying to figure things out. But these people had my back and they do anything for me. Then I had one friend. He happens to be a pastor on staff, but he's in my life group. He came to my office and he said, hey, we're going to lunch. We're going to go do something crazy for a couple hours. So we left. He's like, you're not allowed to work anymore. We got to go. We got to go have fun. And then I just told him stuff about my family. And we went and talked and hung out for a while. Like, those are the kind of people that came from a life group. I'm not just trying to just sell you something, and, and this, is, this, is what, this is what God wanted. This is what God intended on. And the craziest thing is this. I, I was trying to sermon prep in my office, and I just couldn't focus. And so I just, like, grabbed my backpack. It was, like, three hours ago, and I was walking out, and, and, and one of our leaders came and told me something about another one of our leaders, and, and his grandfather passed, or grandmother passed away. So I went and found him, and I, I walked him out to his car. And the craziest thing is this, God, and this is how cool God is. I immediately forgot about everything that was going on with me. And I saw the tears in his eyes, and I just felt led to pray for him. And not because I'm a pastor, I'm someone special, it's because I'm a Christian and I love him and I didn't know what to say. Because I thought, well, let's take this to God. And I prayed for him, and I had forgot it. And I got in the car and I had forgot about anything that was going on with me. But he was in my life group too. He's in my life group. And that's how cool God is. 
And I don't mean to get super deep and, and, and super, in, but I just want to be real with y'all. I know I'm your pastor, I'm blessed to do, but I don't have it all together always. And I need people. I need people to help me stay connected to God. I need people to have my back. I need people to pray for me on the tough days and when I'm figuring things out. And I'm in the older side of y'all good adulthood. I'm with y'all. I'm not 30 years old and y'all, you know, so I'm with y'all trying to figure it out. I don't know what that was. Gingerbread boy. Okay, so we got to laugh. That's why we have life groups. And, and, and there's, there's people in this room who know what I'm talking about. They're nodding when I'm saying these things if they're in life groups. But if you've never been a part of one, man, I just encourage you to just give it a shot. Just to take a step. I know that you have to figure out schedules and work and school and life. I, I understand, but just give it a shot. Number two, last thing I'll say, and we'll party. Pray y'all get connected, man. Number two is we need to help others stay connected. So we need to help ourselves stay connected to God. But man, God's so cool. We need to help others. He gives us opportunities to help others stay connected to God. You know, God said in that scripture that, man, we got to love our neighbor as ourselves. He didn't say we got to love ourselves. <laughs> it's funny to think, but it's true. And neighbor means, it can mean anything. It can mean literal next door neighbor. Hello, cookies. Here you go. Hey, love. No. Or it can be your bestie, or it can be your boyfriend, girlfriend, or it can be whoever. And you know, one of the best ways to love someone is to serve them. It's to serve them. It's to do something for them that, that you do, don't get anything in response for. It's just to simply serve them. Because when we serve other guys, it, it takes the focus off of us. And not in a bad way. Not that you're not allowed to take care of yourself and, and, and be healthy. I'm not saying that. But, but sometimes we get, like even me this week, we get so caught up in our own issues. And when we serve, it's almost like God lifts our head up. And he said, hey, there's a lot of other people hurting too. And I'm not saying what you're going through is not important, but there's people out there that you can help. And there's something about when you serve other people, God does a work in you every single time. And all it's because you just take your eyes off yourself. That's kind of happened. What, what happened with the fall of man and Adam and Eve. They were so focused on themselves and God was the whole time was like, I just want you to be looking at me and hanging out with me and spending time with me. And then they decided to do their own thing and they got so self, they got shame. They got nervous and they started hiding and they started just looking at themselves. And God just wanted to lift their head up and say, hey, it's okay. But guys, when we serve, it, it just, it's just so, it's not about us anymore. Not that we're not important. Not that what you have going on is not important, not hard. But man, we get the opportunity. God uses us, broken, messed up, ordinary people to help serve, connect, love, help other people. That's what's cool about God. He uses us. And you guys all have been gifted. Whether you believe or not, I said it last week, the branch is different, the vine is We're all different, and that's a good thing. The body of Christ is made up of all these different parts, different things, but God's given each of you different skills, abilities, talents. Half of y'all are talented ways that I could never dream of. But we sometimes look at what the world says or, or what the stage says or what all these things that Those aren't the things that are gratifying to God. He wants you to be you. The only thing you should be comparing yourself to is your own potential. That's the only thing you should be comparing yourself to if we want to compare. Because the person next to you, the person you came with, your best friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, that's not who you should be comparing yourself to. You have different skills and abilities and passions for a reason, right? And so it's just so important that we as a ministry give y'all an opportunity to serve. And I know that might sound like super easy, like, well, okay, we just come and serve. But yeah, when, when we give you opportunities and you come do something for something else, man, God does a work inside of y'all. I believe that I've seen it happen in my own life. And, and we have anything. So if you, if you love any age of kids, if you want to work in a nursery, if you want to work with children's ministry, if you want to work with middle school students, if you want to serve with high school students, we got your back. If, you want to, if you're creative or if you, if you love to sing or if you like to do behind-the-scenes work and produce, if, if you like to serve Conway, we have this thing called the Dream Center, and they go out every Saturday and they meet the needs in the community. Whatever you got, I promise that we have an opportunity for you. 
If you want to serve within Elevation and make Elevation happen, we have an awesome Elevation serve team that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them and I don't get to do anything and you see them way before you see me or see this worship team, we got your back. We want to give you an opportunity. You can serve on the weekend. You can help make coffee for people. You can play flag football with our church. All these opportunities, we just want to give you opportunities to serve. But so many times in our life we say, well, I'm not like so-and-so. Or I don't know if there's, did they need help? The church needs help, I promise. We need help. The way I got connected is my best friend looked at me and said, hey, will you greet? And I was like, what do you mean? You want me to hold the door? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, you need help holding the door? And he's like, yeah, we need help. And I was like, why do you need help? And he's like, because there's only like four of them and you need to be the fifth. And I was like, cool, I'll hold the door. And I thought I was like the coolest person in the world. I was like, I can hold the door. Say hi to people. Welcome to Elevation, hi. And I talked in a really high voice like that. And people thought I was weird. And girls would look at me and laugh and it was embarrassing. Um, but I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But sometimes we have this myth that, well, the church doesn't need my help. No, no, you are the church. So we 100% need your help. And you're needed and wanted in this ministry. I can say that for sure because I'm the pastor. And we want to give you as many opportunities as you can to serve and impact the next generation or meet the needs in this community or help this house, this New Life Church house. So I just had to be really direct with that. But the coolest part of all that, guys, is God does a work in you and you're helping people stay connected to the vine. It's still not about you. Though he'll do a work with you, though, though, though he's a God, a faithful God, it's always about the other people, but then he always has your back. He always comes back to you and says, hey, I got you. And our ministry, and this is probably one of the biggest blessings I get to hear weekly, our ministry is known in this church as, as serving, a serving ministry that meets the needs in the city, that meets the needs in this church, and I couldn't be more proud of you guys. So we just want to give you opportunities to that. This is the last thing I'll say. We'll pray. We'll party. In the book of James, the Bible talks about faith and works, Right? So we have to have faith for things. But it actually says, in James it says, faith without works is dead. And that's a very bold statement, but meaning we can believe for stuff and we can have the word of God in our heart. We can want to do these things. But if we don't take a step, if we don't have action, it's dead. Like I, I can't pick you up like a, like a I don't know, a, a Sims. Y'all remember that game Sims on the computer? It's really weird. And they're like, when you pick them up. Yeah, thank you. Three people, retweet. Uh, I can't Sims you over there and drop you in a life group. I can't do it. If I could, that would be cool, but I wouldn't because that would be like sorcery and where you love Jesus. So, can't do that. But you got to want to make a move. I, I feel, I sense the faith in this room. Y'all aren't, aren't a group of people that has a lack of faith, but I think sometimes we're a generation that we don't stand up for what we believe for or we don't make a move. And so I'm just challenging you. I'm just pastoring you. I know some of y'all, I'm your pastor, but some of y'all are trying to figure out this elevation thing, so I'm not trying to jump the gun. Hello. But I'm just challenging you to make a move because I promise God will meet you where you're at. He'll bless it, and you'll grow more than you could have ever imagined. Did you think I'd ever thought I'd be on this thinking stage getting to speak to y'all? I held a door. I thought I was holding a door. I used to make, me and my friends used to watch Jersey Shore, Don't Judge Us, and we used to make people fist pump through the door, and they hated us. They hated us. We would sprint to the middle door and we'd scream at people. And so if you're more of an introvert, you hated me. And I'd be like, come to our door. And they're like, God, Amir, is that the middle door again? I don't want to go there. And then God allowed me to have all these cool opportunities. I, I went to graduate school to be a therapist. And now I get to be a pastor, you guys, and coach you guys. I get to, get to hang out with you all every day. And it's the coolest thing I ever imagined. And it started with me just taking a step. One step. And something we believe as a church, and we say it all the time, all of y'all have a next step. Just like what I've been talking about all night, though, your next step might be different than everyone else in the room. I don't know what your next step is. I would love to help you with that. Our leadership team would love to help you with that. But we're going to pray in a second. I just believe that God's going to show you your next step. But it still goes back to you still got to have words. You still got to have your faith, and you got to take that step and just get plugged in in some way.
And let me tell you this. Let me be bold with y'all. It, it doesn't benefit me or nothing changes in my life if you do or don't get connected. Like you guys finding your place is not about me. It's not about our church. It's not about our lead pastor. It's not about this building. We just want to be a church that gives y'all an opportunity to grow in your walk with God, find the best friends in your life and get biblical community and find purpose in who you are in serving. It's all for you. So if you're like, come here, I feel, oh, no, no, don't feel pressure. Take your time. But just know that I don't want you to take a step for me. I want you to take a step for God. I just want to be a pastor and a ministry that gives you an opportunity, gives you a step. And I want to be a pastor that kind of challenges you to take a step. Because I was the guy that came in here for four, four semesters, two years, and came and sat in the back and left. Sat in the back and left. Sat in the back and left. And then the next semester, I would talk to people and leave. Never got in a life group. Never got in a serve group. Didn't know I could help. Wanted to get in a life group, but I was too scared or I thought I was too cool. And then one day, my best friend, thank God, said, hey, I want you to serve. I started serving. Started serving in the Dream Center. Went on some mission trips. Changed my life. And then my best friend was leading us life group. And he said, hey, I want you to be in my life group. And I was like, I'd love to be in your life group. I just, I just have always kind of been intimidated to get one. But it was because Amir wouldn't make a move. Let me just be transparent with y'all. And so I just, I'm challenging y'all because I just don't want to be a ministry where we just come and attend church. I want to be members of the body of Christ. I want to be active in church. I want to be active and find your place. I want y'all to grow in ways you never imagined, but you got to take a step. Does that make sense? Y'all with me? And I love y'all a lot. And it's just cool what God can do. Because if we had time, we'll probably do it this semester or, or, or this time next semester. I'm going to bring a group of people and I'll just let them tell you the story. You can walk around to any of our life group leaders or serve team leaders or people in our church and they would tell you the same thing. We have a connect team that's going to be hanging out. If you're unsure where you want to connect, they'll be hanging out in there. They'd love to talk to you about anything. But just know that it starts with you taking a step. And it always starts with you and God. And all this is about you getting connected to him. Because I believe it could change your life for the good. And we just want to be a ministry whether you're here for six months or you're here for six years. That we're equipping you for the rest of your life. That we're preparing you for what God has for you. We're helping you grow in your relationship with God, and you get to have some fun along the way. Can I get an amen? Will you bow your heads with me?